0: Welcome to Slacker Motor Radio with Brad Nass. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles and the motorcycle community. and We're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go.
1: Welcome back, Slackers. Brad, how you doing? I am great. How about you? We've got
0: spirit. Yes, we do. I'm good. Yeah, I had a, a pretty good last week or so uh, since we've talked to Ryan. There's been a whole heck of a lot that's actually happened. And I know for a fact for both of us, because some of this we actually got to go hang out and do together. So, what? Uh, I know. We're going to have some good stuff to talk about here. And uh, a lot of it's regarding what I kind of want to get into is at least what I did when we were hanging out. Because I think that is... New, unique, and different to what I've really heard a lot of this year. I haven't heard too many people getting that opportunity that I got, and I might as well stop beating around the bush. I got to ride the new Tenere 700.
1: Ooh.
0: It was kind of fun, and I got a lot to say about it. I think uh, good, bad, and indifferent. I'm uh, I'm excited to share my opinions.
1: Okay, if somebody's in the market, buy it or wait. That's my question for you. I'm looking at top-level you now have to say in two words something that gives somebody enough information for them to make a decision on whether they get it. And go. I say not yet. I
0: think that there are better options available for the money.
1: Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, okay. And so since you've got into it, and we're going to get into this a little bit more, uh, the motorcycle I was able to get on during this same event Was the Yamaha MT-09.
0: So I'm glad you did, because that is basically, I mean, a few little tweaks here and there with regards to tune Uh, the engine, uh, I guess, the way that they're tuning the engine and the general styling are slightly different. But otherwise, that is the XSR900 that I've been talking so much about for the last far too long.
1: What, really? No, I know that. Yeah, no, that was part of the reason why I was kind of interested in getting on it. Um, seemed like a good uh, seemed like a good option. A lot of people had already jumped on several bikes. I mean, it seems like every every hour the R six was taken, and you know, and I've I've ridden a, a six hundred or or something at least pretty close. So um, I kind of wanted to try something a little bit different. I have a dual sport, so I didn't really get excited about the the Tenere that I know that they had. What was it the equivalent of the MT 9 but of a dual sport? Is that correct? No. No, it's not.
0: No, so it's the uh, 700. So it would be the equivalent of the mto 7 or the XSR 700. And I think that's about it for that 700 line.
1: Uh, I'm talking about the 900 line, sir.
0: Yeah, there was no dual sport for that.
1: They, don't they have a 929 or is it 12? It's 12. Oh,
0: uh, they've got, yeah, they got the 1200, the Super Tenere.
1: Oh, it's a Super. Okay, that was the other option that I could have got on, which was interesting. But uh, I kind of wanted to try something a little bit middleweight. Um, which I, I don't know if MT09 really counts for that, um, and a little bit smaller. So, so that's why I got on uh, on this one, which was pretty cool. So, um, so let's start with that. You know, we're already into this. I mean, uh, what was uh, how did it go? I mean, what did you think about? Let's start with the event itself. What was your perception of the event?
0: To me, it was uh, you know. So, I guess to start as a background, we were able to go to the demo day at Yamaha. I know we advertised it a couple weeks back. Uh, On the podcast, so hopefully uh, there were a number of listeners that were able to show up and had their own opinions. Can either argue violently against us via our site or or email, or will agree with what we say. But um, at the demo event, I thought it was okay. Now, my reasoning behind that is, you know, they had bikes there. They had a lot of options for bikes. Right. Uh, The ride was... Okay, we got to see the freeway for half a second.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: And then do some back roads and side roads. I mean, it was a good city ride if you were living in Portland or living right in Beaverton or any suburb of any city and weren't commuting more than 10, 15 miles to work. It's basically what your commute would be on the bike. So it was a good enough little snippet to know whether you'd want it for a daily rider or not wasn't necessarily good enough little ride to tell you if you wanted it for a permanent bike or for a road trip or on the X or sorry on the uh Ten A seven hundred if you'd want it for off-road. You know, all the little kind of fringe benefits that a motorcycle gives you, this ride didn't really show you at
1: all. I think the only one that it would cater to is somebody that just wants to go cruising. They have no intent they're just gonna go and relax, drive around. They're not gonna have special trips. They're just going to go. So I I completely agree with you. There's very few people that would have been excited about that trip, although it wasn't horrible. My comparison for that would be the one demo day that I've done in Vancouver, Washington, where um, it was Indian Motorcycles. I thought it was very similar, if not oddly almost identical in some ways, where you got on the freeway and immediately got off the freeway. Right. So you took the on and off ramp at the same time and then went around town. Uh, but I think that the one for Yamaha did have a little bit more, uh, a little bit curvier at moderate speeds for the area. I mean, they definitely took a good clip around. Uh, I'd say speed limit was around 35. We were going 45 regularly, at least. Uh, that's And I was only a couple motorcycles behind the, the lead um, Yamaha demo drive rider or whatever you want to call him. So um I agree. It was it was okay, but I'd say more time on the freeway would have been would have been nice. Maybe a little bit higher speed, 60 miles an hour through some back roads where you actually having to get on it a little bit and off, rolling on and off. And no. But I don't know.
0: In fairness, it was, you know, it was in Beaverton, so it's not like there's a ton of at least where Beaverton Yamaha, Beaverton motorcycles is located there's not a lot of you know fast back roads it's not like we're out in the fields where you can hit some back roads and go um but there was freeway right there we could have gone two exits and found some other stuff and come back or you know there there were probably other options i don't know what the best ones would be as that's not my uh you know my general stomping ground day to day but um but i agree there were you know if you were just cruising through town or commuting to work or cruising with a buddy to to his house and back or her house and back or or whatever it was a fair enough ride to see exactly what that would be but that's about it it didn't really hit any of those french benefits so for the ride itself i give it a a a solid thumbs straight across wasn't terrible but it wasn't good yeah it was just it just was what it was
1: yeah um
0: wasn't horrible the only problem i I have and i don't know i mean i other dealerships are handling all dealerships are handling it a little differently but beaverton yamaha wasn't necessarily open or excited for the extra foot traffic that this brought i think that was kind of the only thing that you know for us running the podcast wanting to look through bikes and kind of get more content from it that we can talk about and share and really get involved in it was kind of a closed door situation with regards to the dealership itself where they were only letting a limited number of people into the parts and accessories department And then for motorcycle sales, actually look at bikes. You had to be escorted by a salesman. So it was an incredibly limited number of people. Now they had their little booth with t-shirts and they were trying to kind of cater to the fact that there were people there, but it wasn't as inviting. And I know with COVID, you really, especially in that area, there are restrictions. It's not like they could throw a barbecue and do some of the things that, that other dealerships will do, but it, it didn't feel overly welcoming. And at least in our experience, we tried to go through and look at bikes and just kind of make an event of it when we were waiting between rides and it, it was difficult enough that we walked off. I mean, it took so long to get somebody to help us to to walk with us that we gave up and moved on and, and actually did something else that we'll hear talk about. I'm sure before the end of it, we went and hung out at the local paradise Harley dealership.
1: Right. Let alone the fact that uh, if you wanted to ride multiple bikes, you had to wait till you finished your ride to get back. Okay. That's fair. Right. Um, and then, they were only allowing 10 motorcycles to go at a time. So they would fill up the next hour's ride, which was, what do you think, maybe about 20 to 30 minute ride? How long was it? About half an hour?
0: It was about 20, 25 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I think I clocked mine. and I think it was like 24 minutes, 23 minutes.
1: Sure. So you, you get back and there's a lot of just sitting and waiting and you were going to actually – then you go to sign up and – Maybe two hours from now, you could ride again. So we we both, I mean, yeah, we could have stuck around. Sure, I would have enjoyed riding another bike, but uh, waiting two hours when you can't go and do anything else while you're there was a little bit redonkulous, I thought. I guess we I could agree. have gone down to Paradise and come back, right?
0: Well, that I mean, that's kind of the funny thing is we ended up going down to Paradise, and instead of coming back, I mean, it was kind of time to go because it was, yeah, two and a half hours later. But um, the other thing, I mean, Beaverton Motorcycles has, the, they've commissioned and or i don't know if they're renting or purchased or or, you know what what percent is owned and what percent is borrowed but the upper rim of their entire showroom is is flooded with vintage bikes uh and so you know they've got a lot of classics a lot of rare classics like you know the the six-cylinder cbx they've got you know turbocharged cx and gls they've got the old Jawas, you know, they got everything in there. Oh, it was really cool to go look at around the rim, but, you know, that was the spot that you had to be escorted and you couldn't really go unless you were basically putting money down on a bike right there before you even went in the door. Yeah, it was almost That's very so-
1: intimidating. Yeah.
0: Now, that was kind of, you know, I didn't want to waste anybody's time. I was just there to tire kick. I wasn't buying a bike that day. So it was hard to really push to get somebody to help us immediately because, you know, if there was a customer that was spending money, we just lost the commission for that salesman. You know, when in reality we could just walk around on our own, no problems, except that their policy was that we couldn't. And yeah. I understand it's COVID; they 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 had their policies, and we're not saying that you know I, they don't want to be responsible for someone getting sick or touching everything and causing a problem to really be a, a hot spot for it. So I, I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing, but it di- didn't make it a fun experience between rides, which is why we we ditched and, and left.
1: Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, Well, I still had a good time, though. I will say that it was great to get on two wheels again. Uh, As many people know on this podcast, I'm horrible uh, being one of its uh, uh, co-hosts or such that uh, I haven't had a motorcycle going for quite a while. I I mean, I tried to order parts even recently, as many of you may remember, and and, uh, that got shot down as well. Although I can say, and I know I'm switching subjects and I'm sorry, but not sorry that I have found a location in California where I can get my cams uh, hot welded and reground. And so um, I have an option. I, have an op- I just need to pull the trigger. I need to just do it. Cancel my order with Bike Bandit and just get the minimal parts that I need there and then go somewhere else. But going back to what I was saying, it was really exciting to be able to get on a motorcycle again. I, I, it was very comfortable. It's not like anything has really gone away. I mean, I felt comfortable getting on the motorcycle. But um, it was it was fun taking off. I I can say that it feels like people kind of group up a little bit on the rides. So you don't when you're on a motorcycle where it wants to go, and you've got people that are kind of wanting to just kind of hug tight, and or so you try to fall back away from somebody in front of you, and then you got the guy behind you trying to push you because he doesn't want to slow down, and I don't know. So it kind of has a weird dynamic, but it was still good to get out. Did you have any experience like that when you were out with any of the other riders?
0: It wasn't too bad. I mean, granted, so I guess we might as well get into it because it relates to your question. You know, I, I was on a bike that that felt fairly underpowered. It uh, had, had enough torque to be fun, but it definitely wasn't a bike that felt like it wanted to just keep going. Um, you know, and it was a tall, right? Right, It's intended to be an adventure bike or a, kind of bridge the gap between adventure and dual sport. It's a pretty off-road oriented adventure bike uh, the tenere 700 and so it, you know it, i stood up on it was able to kind of play with the the pegs and, and bar position and and understand how comfortable it was and the bike itself was quite comfortable it was a good bike if i was looking for a dual sport that i'd be on the road more with which you know in that class of dr 650 or or uh, you know xr 500 or you know those bikes there uh, you know even the uh, Klr 650 if I was looking at those bikes I think it's in that range of, of comfortability function and and rideability the suspension was pretty soft and, and it felt like it would be good off-road but there was no chance to really try it um, but it didn't because of the the way the bike felt and rode it's not like it it was begging me to ride faster or to zip up to people or zipper or go back and forth or weave or do anything too crazy because it was very much off-road setup um but the problem is i have with it is it it felt you know nothing against japanese bikes you get what you pay for but it felt a little loose right all the plastics and stuff on it were you know they were not quite as tight as i would expect on like a ktm or a husky right um but you know the price range. I mean, we're talking ten thousand dollars, so it's it's up there in price. When you can get a KLR, I mean, not anymore, I guess, but you can get a very a lightly used KLR six fifty for five six grand. I would have a hard time justifying a ten thousand dollar purchase on a comparable motorcycle. Now, yeah. the on road revving and riding of that seven hundred is tried and true. So again, if it was me wanting to take a bike that I could go from here to Moab ride around Moab and ride back, then, you know, this would probably be a better choice than a KLR or a DR. Ooh, you but, think so?
1: But that's an interesting statement. you got to back that, up a statement like that.
0: That engine, I mean, it's the same 700 that's in the XSR 700 or the FZ07 or what is now the MTO 7 and it's tried and true. The gearing's slightly different, but that thing will buzz out and run all day. It's got the chops to push hard and keep going on the freeway. And so, if you're going to spend a lot of time on the freeway to go ride a little bit on the dirt, I think if you're looking for a ninety ten motorcycle, it's going to be a, a game changer in the market because of the characteristics at high RPMs that that twin has. You know, it's a twin cylinder, so you get a little bit more out of it when it comes to your high speed reliability. It's meant, you know, smaller pistons. It's meant to rev out a little harder, and it can go for days and days. People have ridden the seven hundreds that same engine for you know a crap ton of miles on the highway across country and back in many occasions it's it's a tried and true distance running highway engine the difference is you know with all that they've now added the off-road suspension all that so if yeah if you were going to go you know visit buddies in south dakota not to go to surges but to go ride the badlands it's a great bike for it right you know if you're going to go to your backyard or you know 40 miles down the road, I, I don't see any reason it would be worth any extra money than what you can get a good XR or DR or KLR for. It just, it, I wouldn't personally be able to justify that extra cost. Other than, you know, the only real reason I see that is to say, hey, I got the newest adventure toy you can get.
1: Sure. I mean, it, they had a decent look. They looked okay. You know, I didn't write it, but uh, that's, uh, that's an interesting perspective. How did it feel as far as um, balance is concerned, as far as the location of the center of gravity?
0: I'll say it was incredibly well-balanced. Um, you know, we were just cruising in at basically at less than idle speed, where most people were putting their feet down. And I stood up on the pegs at these moments, I'm sure, make because I was second to last. only person behind me was the tail gunner for the ride group from Yamaha, right? So I'm sure I was making him nervous because I was still standing on the pegs, basically at a stop, rolling into stoplights, just to test that. And mm-hmm. it was a very well balanced bike. I mean, I you know if you're looking for a little bit more refinement out of your Japanese adventure slash dual sport bike, then then maybe it's the right choice. But you know you don't have to upgrade much to get that same performance and that tighter feel and more horsepower out of a KTM or Husky. And that's I guess the problem I have is a similar class you know european bike is going to you know not going to run much more money to get a lot more bike. Now if you want the maintenance interval that the Yamaha has and you know there there's a market for it but it feels very niche to me. Sure. This isn't a, a bike that's in my opinion going to come in and storm across the adventure market and take all the all the money. It's not going to replace the KLR 650 that doesn't exist. You know, I think KTM's already come in and taken their mark in there. And I think those that wanted the off-road chops are still good with the DR and the XR. This is just going to kind of float there with kind of a low-cost KTM. Hmm. Now, if people love it and the aftermarket starts picking up after them, I mean, that's the only thing I can say is there is a following for the 700 street bikes. So, you know, those, if Yamaha trying to bank on, the popularity they have on those bikes and bring it into the continually growing adventure bike market, then that may work for them. And so on a marketing standpoint, I see why they did it, but I don't know if it paid off.
1: That's interesting. That's interesting. Well, it looked like you at least kind of enjoyed it. You didn't get too super excited. I know you wanted to get on another bike, but they just had it pushed out too far. Um, But uh, at least you got to go out and got to see Chicken Hot or... Is that did I say his name right? I always confuse yep. that with chicken wing, but it makes it's appropriate, I guess.
0: I think I saw um, more people looking at looking at the chicken wing than I did the uh, Tenere Seven
1: Hundred. That is fair. Yeah. While well, while you were out riding, uh, a guy came over and was wanting to talk about the bike with your dad uh, quite extensively. Um, he was very interested in doing something similar, and he was riding. Uh, what was it that he was riding? I think it was a. Uh, it was a KTM dual sport, I think, actually. So it was very interesting that he was there uh, during this event. But but still cool. There was, there was enough people there that it w- looked worthwhile, wanting to get on there and ride some bikes. Some guys that were going as frequently as they could. For me, I mean, I, right after you got back, I finally got to go. I would got there a little bit late, so uh, we couldn't ride at the same time, which I think worked out fine, actually. Um, but I got on the M T 9 and, you know, I – the one complaint that I would have about initially getting started is we're all riding new bikes. I've ridden a bike. I have, I have no problems getting on a bike. And for the most part, it is going to function in very similar ways, if not identical to any other bike. It's just power curves and everything else come into play and how the clutch feels, how the brakes feel and everything balance. Right. Which is something to get used to. But the thing that I would have liked to have seen is a little bit more time about that specific machine. Time spent with uh, an instructor or somebody going around and just providing information or even a placard there that talks about how to change the performance modes. Now, they did go into that briefly talking about using mode and what a standard and C meant, but very limited in that regard Um, and nothing about traction control or what that does or how they like there's some things that would be very cool to know about it. And yeah, I can search online. I can do that any day. But if I just get there, I mean, I got there and I had no idea what I was going to ride. So I just picked something that sounded fun. Talked to the guy said, is that that a good bike that I should actually check? I mean, if I'm wanting to get a good experience, is this the one? And he said, yeah. So that's what I did. Um, So I immediately put it into performance mode uh, a, which is the um, kind of hopped up version. I left the, uh, what was it? The traction control. I believe that was one, and I have no idea what the different modes were. They didn't talk about it. I haven't even googled it since then. So I left it when whatever mode it was when I got on, and took off. And I mean, just uh, for me, having ri- ridden a KLR two hundred and fifty, the majority of the time that I've done, motor- I've been on a motorcycle, and then riding a ZX six R. I've been some shovel a head and some other Harleys and Yamahas and other things, cruisers mostly in that regard. Um, you know, it rolled very easily. I didn't know what to expect with this motor. It definitely has that hooligan look, and so I know that it has the power. You've been really excited on, it. you've talked about the XSR, so I'm, you know, I have anticipation of what the motorcycle can do. That it should have no issues lifting the front tire if it wants to. So, getting off on a rolling start, being able to feather the clutch a little bit and go rolling was no issue. Took off just fine. Balance was a little weird, and I think it was just because I'm not used to that kind of a bike. Uh, Not that I was having an issue with it, but trusting the bike in the corners, the slow, low speed corners, and doing the lean or whatever the case may be. It felt a little bit awkward, but towards the end of the ride, I got a little bit more used to it. But I'll tell you what, man, on that performance mode, when you got on it, it wanted to go. It was immediately, we're off. You're going to head out. We're going to go. As fast as you want to go, we can go right now, right? And you're obviously in a group. And so you're like, that's fun, but I can only go, you know, five feet, a little ways, right? And so we get on the freeway, got to do that a little bit. And then I'm trying to like feather the throttle a little bit to see how I can uh, modulate that. I'm having to slow down and I'm just wanting to barely roll on and off the throttle. And man, there was no real middle mode. And I'm sure I could get better about that if I was riding it regularly, but it was on or off, on or off, on or off. There was no slight um adjustment to that so i don't know if that's in the tuning and how they've done that if they're just trying to make it just snappy in that regard but there's instances where i wouldn't want that right and of course i'm coming from a klr 250 where i can roll on it as hard as i want coming around a corner and i'm going to give it its all and it's still not going to exceed the capabilities of its rider in most cases so that was a little bit awkward. I did try putting it in standard mode just to see how that would feel. If somebody was trying to get used to the bike. It did seem like it tamed it down quite a bit. Tried mode C, and I didn't really notice a whole bunch of difference, although I do think that it became even more gentle rolling on and off the throttle. So that seemed to me to be the biggest difference. Um, and I'm sure there's complete curves that change, but it seemed like how you roll on the throttle and how it responds to that um, that actual throttle movement is what really changed between those three performance modes. Otherwise, I I really enjoyed it. I could see, and so I'm riding the bike and I'm going, man, this is awesome. I just want to go. And then I'm thinking, is that really what I need to do? I, I mean, <laughs> for me, right? I I mean, we're in a group, and I'm not saying that I was gonna wanted to leave the group, but what I'm saying is like if I have this motorcycle and I'm on a straight stretch, I'm gonna wanna go. And I'm going, I don't know if that's I mean. I really don't need that. So it's like, I think that I would put myself in a position to get into a little bit of harm or into trouble. Right. Um, so it's something to, to consider when you get on a bike that just wants to rip. And then I'm also thinking, as I stated before, on um, how the KLR, I could just rip on it as hard as I wanted and it was always going to be manageable. Um, this bike, if I was coming around a corner and then just touched the throttle wrong, you could end up high siding pretty easily. Uh, so I, I don't know. I just thought it was a little bit interesting. A little bit interesting, but a lot of fun. Oh, man, I could see having one of those bikes. I completely understand why people do it. Um, to your point, on the quality side, I'm looking at the bike as I'm riding in. I'm going, I'm just not excited about how I feel and how I look on the bike. I mean, comfortable-wise, I was okay. A little bit of pressure on my left palm. Uh, i don't know if that was how I was light, you know, sitting on the motorcycle or if I could have adjusted the uh, handlebars a little bit, uh maybe that would have got a little bit better, but it did seem on the cheap side but and you know, in the end, I don't really care how the bike looks. I want to have fun when I'm on the bike, so I can understand why people do that. And they, you know, I don't know an equivalent bike. What is it, the F900 BMW? I'm sure that's another few thousand dollars more. I, I, I can't say for certain. I don't have the spec in front of me, but um, I can understand saving a little bit of money because, in the end, I don't really care. I'm going to go ride it, and I'm going to have fun. So I had a good experience on it. Uh, it would have been nice to have ridden uh, something else, maybe even the uh, mt7 just to get an idea of how much that how much difference there is because i think that i would actually enjoy the 700 more
0: that's fair i mean i know you enjoy a bike that you can really push to its limits and, and the 700 would be one you could full throttle from time to time just for fun so
1: i think that i would get used to it on the nine i'm just saying that i think that its capabilities would be a little less um and the weight-wise, it's only, a, you know, 20 kilograms lighter or something like that, or 20 pounds, I'm not sure exactly. But it, I know it's slightly lighter, but it's not significantly lighter. Even going down to the 300, um, it wasn't really that much lighter. I was kind of surprised. It kind of starts looking a little goofy, too. If you, if you look it up, you'll know what I mean.
0: Now, I know you enjoyed that, and now you and I are both going to get some XSR900s, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Yep. I want I the we'll yellow can, one though. If I, I can't, can't get, get the yellow one, the one. Yellow. yeah, they didn't have any. They did not have any at the dealership there. That was kind of, I guess, not really surprising. What did he say he had? Was it a seven hundred? He said he had some fancy one that he liked the paint job on. It was like a slide. oh,
0: they had the a a new old stock like twenty eighteen or twenty seventeen upstairs. They were saying, but based on conversations with him prior, before you showed up, I went and talked to him and. They were still asking like 8700 for a bike that was three years old, which was a little crazy to me. Yeah. I think you should get more than $700 off for a, a three-year-old bike, but oh
1: well. Oh, well, it's interesting. While we were here, I was looking it up, but I was just curious. I mentioned the F900, and it's actually the same price. So it'd be interesting. That'd be a good comparison to do is get on each one. I agree. A $4 difference. The BMW is $4 cheaper, but it weighs, just a quick uh, note, weighs 40 pounds more.
0: Yeah, 10 pounds per dollar.
1: 10 pounds per dollar, sure, sure.
0: Now, we got to ride a couple bikes, and then both were were impatient because of the the experience there. Too impatient to to wait for the next ride. So instead of doing that, Brad convinced me that that we were going to be able to jump onto a Harley, so we headed over to
1: Paradise Harley. What uh, Um, did you think of that? I thought that was pretty cool. And to be a little bit fair, as I was going by Paradise Harley, because these two dealerships are right next to each other, I go by and there's a lineup of bikes that look almost identical, not identical bikes, but identical way of lining up motorcycles for a group ride or for a demo ride uh, at the Harley Davidson um, dealership. So I'm like, hey, look, they're doing them too. I'm going to tell Addison, what are we doing? We can go to both or whatever, right? Uh, that, that wasn't going on. They were doing a group ride somewhere and uh, nobody knew even where they were going. It was kind of awkward, but anyway, um, it was kind of, it was, it was good. I had a good time. We went down, started looking at motorcycles, obviously just tire kicking and not really going to buy anything, but we're really good about, um, making that apparent when we talk to people. I don't want to get people's hopes up. I know that if we went in there and acted like we were going to buy something that these dealerships would throw us on a bike faster than we can even imagine. But uh we were pretty open with them. Uh looked around outside. Uh noticeable uh what a notable uh used bike. What what did you see there that was interesting?
0: Had a couple uh with the used bikes out there. I was I liked the the Buell lightning they had it was pretty cool. Thought that yes. was a a nice little used bike and then uh also a uh what was it? 84 GL1200 caught my eye.
1: Yeah, I don't know about that one. But <laughs> <laughs> he'd really try you know we we ended up talking to one of the salesmen there and he was really trying to sell it to us but he wasn't really going to give it away i doubt um yeah it was interesting though why didn't you buy it was it the eighty thousand miles or that it was smoking hardcore a little of both <laughs> was it took okay.
0: it did run fine though i mean I, I definitely if you're looking for something to yeah if we were looking for something to make a dumb video of and and have a blast with for a couple months. It would have been a good choice, but uh, nonetheless, it, it yeah, I've got enough bikes, both projects and and runners in in my uh, possession at the moment. I don't need anything else taking up more space currently. But uh, no, but it was good. We ended up going in and, and kind of just bluntly making sure everyone knew we were uh, we were just tire kicking slash chatting. and uh, ended up having a good conversation with one of the salesmen there, Bryce. Yes. Uh, it was pretty fun, yeah. He and I, he ended up, they weren't too busy. We were there still well within the morning time uh, before lunch. And so they weren't very busy. And uh, he ended up chatting with us and, and having a couple discussions regarding, you know, his top five bikes and, and all of the uh, kind of the normal things we talk about here on the podcast. We had a, a good discussion with him. He was very knowledgeable about the, uh, about their electric bike. Um, he, had, he ended up going over a lot of the specs and, and. Basically, how their dealership has dealt with it, with the, from a sales perspective, and what they're doing to kind of cope with uh, Harley's, you know, more exclusivity type sales plan that they've got. Uh, you mentioned that really since COVID started and, and kind of took a hit, they've been growing pretty steadily since then in sales and doing really well. Yeah. Uh, that from where they're standing, it sounds like people are kind of realizing that if they're working from home then a bike is is a good tool as it right can get them to work that very few times they need to but also you know it makes the weekends that much more fun and allows you to kind of socially distance while still having a good time and and kind of all those things that, that those of us that have always ridden realize but people are kind of taking that to heart a little bit more at least from from his perspective working at the uh at the dealership there and then uh, yeah come to find out he Seems to be a pretty darn good rider. He's got a uh, an, an old low rider that um, that he's yeah he's basically I don't know hooligan riding out. I mean he showed us some some different examples that he's you know wheeling and doing doing crazy cool stunt riding on this uh, on this low boy Harley. So
1: when was it a Dyna Glide?
0: It was a Dyna, but it was a, a low boy. So it was the. Well, I think low boy's the right. One. Ah, here we go. Us trying to pretend we know Harley's, but uh, low something, low rider, low boy, low something. But yeah, he definitely had, had it all decked out. He had it parked there, and it was all decked out to be able to to stunt ride. And, I mean, clearly based on video and picture we saw of him on that bike, he knows what he's doing, um, yeah. which is kind of cool because in our conversation it wasn't you know a stereotypical Harley dealer conversation where it's. Harley is the end-all be-all and nothing else is good. I mean, we talked about five bikes and, you know, there's a, a Supermoto in his list and a dual sport and a Harley and, you know.
1: There was that, multiple Harleys. It definitely leaned Harley. I'm just saying. Just that's saying. fair. As it yeah, that, that's I mean, if you that's don't fun.
0: love what you're doing, why do it? So I'm I'm not a problem with that. But it wasn't, you know, a Sportster ready for dirt and then, uh, you know, a Fat Bob for this. And then, uh, you know, it was... It was set up in a way that, that is definitely somebody who likes to ride in general. In fact, he mentioned that a couple times. Bryce made the comment that, you know, anything on two wheels is awesome. Yes. So, uh, you know, anyone that's listened to, to us for more than five minutes knows that we wholeheartedly agree with that. Even though we give scooters a hard time, they're still even fun.
1: They can be. I won't buy one just because I think that's the – I won't buy one as my single mode of transportation, but I understand why somebody would. I'll leave it at that, but it ain't going to be me. No.
0: No, and I I will also say this, that I had never been to Paradise. I've met with them and chatted with them and had in different uh, – had experiences with them in different, uh, you know, vendor – type situations at auto shows or at bike shows or, you know, around town, I've had an opportunity to talk with the guys that kind of tour with their bikes or tour with their, their information and, you know, their marketing crew, basically. Um, but I had never really stopped in just because it's more or less literally the other side of town for me. There's like two or three Harley dealers between here and there. And I've never really had a need to because they only sell Harley and I don't ride a Harley right now. So, you know, this was really my first opportunity to go in there and and I was impressed. Very good dealership. Really clean, set up in a very friendly way. And I'll say, if you're looking to get a bike, I mean, chatting with Bryce was, was like chatting with a buddy. I mean, it was, it was very easy. Uh, it was good. So I enjoyed that. I thought that was better than waiting two and a half hours outside in the sun for the next Yamaha to be able to ride.
1: Yep, they had free coffee as well. And uh, how often do you get to say that you got to go to Paradise? So. That's <laughs> I love the name. I actually think that's great. You know, we had to leave Paradise, and that's sad right you always want to go back so i mean it was it was it was good i it was enjoyable i can't speak to everybody there i can't speak to the sales process or any of that but uh, you know they Bryce was very welcoming just visited like i said we were very open about what we were doing what we do we didn't interview or record that although i think we probably should have considered it in retrospect but um we still he understood that we were joking around and he kind of threw it back at us and we were asking him why he was trying to sell the, you know, the, the Goldwing to us so hard, and he's like, "Well, you got to read your audience, right? This is the cheapest bike that they had on site." So I guess that was a, kind of a diss at us, but it was fun. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It was good to hang out with you. Good to go out and ride a motorcycle. I'm looking forward to try some of these other ones. I, I'm, you know, I know we got things in the works, and I'm just waiting for those things to start working out as well.
0: Yeah, I think uh, you know, based on the conversations we've had and experiences thus far, I mean. I, I, Hopefully that ball could can roll forward a little bit faster now that things are, although they're not really technically opened up anymore. I think businesses are pushing forward nonetheless and becoming more normal. Well, back to the old normal uh, quicker, just due to a need to be able to have customers in and and that customer satisfaction. So I think uh, I think that progress is going. But it was fun. Ride a few bikes. Uh, you know, kind of give our our normal honest reviews uh, and move forward, hoping to uh, you know do a little bit more of that. So. Expect, uh, hopefully expect some more bike reviews from us, including, you know, possibly video and, and more extensive reviews through some of the other platforms, but it was also fun to go spend a Saturday, I guess it was a Sunday, hanging out with, uh, with Brad in person again. So that's happened, you know, in the last month, two more times than really in the last six months. So that's nice.
1: Yeah, it was really good. It was good to get out. We need to do it more and I uh, hope that, uh, once things start settling down, be able to get together with some other people. that. uh are into the podcast and we got lots of group members we've uh, you've heard a few of them on this podcast uh that are enjoyable to be around and are very uh, knowledgeable in their own expert uh, expertise areas i should say um yeah, it'll be it'll be good to start getting out makes me want to get the motorcycle going so part of the reason why i had to bring that up today is definitely still in process just ridiculous, man.
0: You will get it going. I know that uh, you've done more research in the last few weeks on getting that ready than than before. So it sounds like the ball's rolling and you're working towards it. So we're excited to see that. Uh, you know, take some pictures, get stuff set up. We can share it on the Patreon page for your build progress on that, and we can kind of keep keep up to date with that. Uh, also, some special stuff coming up with a uh, a local track day. There'll be a few people there, and hopefully, we can get some some content from that as well as. Uh, Some special content for Patreon and Facebook and and the website. So keep an eye out. Check out those locations. Uh, We're continually posting a few things here and there on those. So really listening in and and leaving your comments to the episodes is the best way to to get a hold of us quickly, uh, if not through email. But uh, look forward to hearing from you. And we appreciate you tagging along. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll keep you updated on the next big events that we'll be at and hopefully we'll be able to run into a few more a uh, few more slackers. But until then, enjoy uh, enjoy the week. Get out on your uh, on your bikes and ride.
1: Till next time. Ride on.